I would now like to introduce our speaker for tonight, Laura. Hi, I'm Laura, compulsive overeater and anorexic. Uh, thanks, Harriet, for asking me to speak. Um, I'm a little nervous, and um, I, you know, I was telling my sponsor about how this meeting is on the internet and everything, and she said that that was ego, and that's a good reminder um, that, you know, it's just part of that um, self-centered fear, and I've also learned that that that's the same thing as pride. Someone was telling me, which is interesting. I'm still trying to understand pride completely, but um, I guess it's like worrying about what people think of you, and um, so I can understand why that's considered such a major uh, character defect. I can relate to that. Um, anyway, um, I've been coming to OA for 16 years. Um, I got over 15 years of abstinence um, a day at a time, and um, what it was like was I came in here, um, it took me a long time to come in here after I first knew about OA, and I just think it's really, it takes a lot of courage to come for the first time. Um, I, had, I was living in New York, and I'd heard about it on uh, I don't know how I heard about it, but I called the phone number and I heard all the meetings and I, I just couldn't bring myself to go to a meeting. And it wasn't until a year later, uh, I was living in Massachusetts, that I finally went to a meeting. Um, and, um, yeah, I was remembering that um, the, the time that I called for that meeting, it was a person at the office who picked up and told me about the meeting that night. And I think that helped me you know, kind of get there. And I don't know if there's any newcomers here, you know, who didn't identify as a newcomer, because I didn't identify as a newcomer at all at first. I didn't, talk, you know, speak at all. And I, I just wanted to blend into the meeting. So um, I could understand if anyone's doing that. Um, anyways, um, as far as my food, I basically started binging after um, I graduated from high school. I had been at boarding school, and um, my food had been a little bit weird <laughs> already. Um, just, uh, I guess, under eating and, um, you know, I was like a skinny kid. I didn't eat very much, and... Um, and then um, at boarding school, I would be, like, really scared to go to the cafeteria because I didn't know who to sit with, and I would just eat stuff in my room, like care package stuff or just take, like, a bunch of, a bunch of food, at least my first year there, like a bunch of the cookies or something um, from the, you know, the school meeting or whatever. Um, and... Um, also, I tried to do the, um, or someone told me, one of the, it was an all-girls school, one of the girls told me about the Pritikin diet, and I was trying to do that, and it's really hard to follow. <laughs> it's like, no, very stri strict, and um, I think it's for people that have had heart problems.
problems. And I, you know, couldn't follow it for more than like a, a meal maybe or at most a day. And um, um, I, um, and a few times I tried, you know, doing things like that, not very much at all. Um, I didn't have any, you know, success either. But I, I just thought like I would, you know, be like a morally good person if I could follow it. And then I couldn't. And um, so when I came home from school, I, you know, I, I was pretty much in the house by myself. And I don't know, I just started binging and going from thing to thing in the cabinet and the kitchen and... Um, like eating, you know, something and then going to something else and, um, you know, and I was very secretive about it um, and it continued all through college. I, um, yeah, I was very secretive about it though and I remember one time running into this friend of mine and I was holding this um, cake that I had was going to binge on and I was like shaking when I saw her. And she didn't know it was wrong because I just felt like I had been caught, even though, you know, she didn't know I was planning to go and eat it. And, um, you know, just hiding. Um, and I looked, you know, my weight was normal. I, so it was, people couldn't tell, you know, I, it was easy for me to hide what I was doing. And, um uh, you know, I would take my roommate's food and eat it and then eat it back to, buy it, eat it back to where they had it. Um, this one roommate, I don't know, she had some kind of like, I think it was like some kind of powder that you mix with something to make like a diet drink. <laughs> or I don't know, but it was like a chocolate powder and I just would like eat the plain chocolate powder and just, you know, um, I guess I didn't buy those foods for myself because I was always trying to, you know, be good with my food or whatever, so I'd have to eat somebody else's. Sometimes I did buy it for myself, and, um, you know, and then I would sometimes, like, I just remember what, thinking what the person at the cashier was thinking because I was buying, like, every, you know, one of each flavor of, you know, something, and... Um, anyways, um, what else, um, throwing things away, getting them back out of the garbage, eating them, um, you know, just eating large quantities of food, I mean, this one time my parents sent me this care package, and it was called the All Natural Procrastinator or something, it had some Mm -hmm. cute name. And it was like all health food, and I just binged on the whole thing. And um, I really remember that. Um, and I don't know, I ha- had a pineapple in it, and I don't, I didn't have a knife or anything, and I don't know, somehow I ate that pineapple. <laughs> I, <laughs> and I don't know how I did that, but I just, you know, remember doing that. And it was just so crazy. Um, so I really knew, like, I had a problem, and I needed help, and... Um, but as I said, it took me a while to get here. Um, but luckily, I did get here. Um, it was um, shortly after I graduated college. I think it was hard for me. You know, it made sense to me in a way that that's when I 
finally hit bottom or came in or whatever because it was out of that structure um, of school. And um, I didn't really identify... Um, well, I de- no, I did identify with what people said. I felt kind of different from everyone at the meeting I was going to. Um, you know, I you know I didn't look overweight, and I was younger than some people and and stuff. But I totally identified with what they were saying about food, and um, um, anyways, I kept coming, and I don't know what brought me just got me to keep coming, and I tried to be abstinent by myself, and I just couldn't do it. And um, so one night I went to a meeting, and I said, okay, I'm I'm not leaving this meeting without a sponsor. And the speaker, I asked her, and she said she'd be my temporary sponsor. And um, she asked me, like, if I'd had dinner and, and what I had in the house, and she told me, like, go home and have, you know, this and this for dinner and call me at 6.15 in the morning or something like that and um and it was really a relief to me because I didn't know how to go home and like have a plate of dinner with a few things on it you know um so uh I really that helped me and um she also talked about one day at a time in her share she talked about um going out for ice cream with her husband and then just saying I'm not going to have it today but saying that every day, and that kind of got that concept in there with me. And, um, you know, all those these things I still need to be reminded of. Um, I, I have a two-year-old son, and I just found out he had this, this peanut and nut allergy, and I was getting really worried about different things about it, and, um, you know, I was reminded one day at a time, you know, just for today, I just have to, you know, not give them those foods and have this medication, you know, with them all the time. And that's really all I have to do. And it just, um, I am definitely someone that tends to be in my head a lot, worry, and I always just, you know, need to remember to do it one day at a time or if it's something in the future, you know, just what action can I take today? Um, anyway, I'm going off the subject, but it's, um, I'll just share this because this has helped me. Um, an, another sponsor of mine told me there's something I was worried about to write down a piece of paper, put it in an envelope, and put it in my drawer, and then I can always just pick it back up, you know, tomorrow or another time. Um, and, um, Anyway, when I first became abstinent, I, w- I didn't keep that abstinence. I kept it for a while, but it was um, no sugar, no flour, um, three meals a day, nothing in between, and everything was weighed and measured, cer- certain amounts of everything. And um, I was kind of white-knuckling it, and um, but it did help me to, to just kind of see what a meal was. Um, because I would just be standing up in the kitchen eating, you know, from a package or something. To, so just to be able to sit down with a plate or bowl and, you know, eat a meal, that was, re- you know, really helpful for me to learn. And um, anyway, I I was moving across country and, was you know, didn't go to meetings for a little while, and, it, and I broke my abstinence and... Um, 
you know, someone in Massachusetts gave me the number of someone out here, so I, th- that person became my sponsor for a while and, um, you know, got me to go to meetings right away when I got here, so that was really helpful. Um, and, I, you know, the at- current absence I have, um, I, I was still stick, stick, you know, trying to stick to that food plan, and I messed up, and I had an apple, um, and I was like, okay, I just, you know, totally screwed up again. You know, I had this apple, and I might as well just eat a jar of peanut butter. And um, <laughs> and then I went to a meeting, and something, I don't know, I just got something at that meeting, and um, the next day I was able to be abstinent. And my absence has changed. It's um, um, I abstain from sugar, and um, I have three meals a day, and I don't. Ha- it's not three meals a day, nothing in between. It's just at least three meals. I don't skip meals. Um, I do have, you know, so that's my basic abstinence, and then I do have snacks. And um, as far as the flour, for me, I found it was okay. Um, at, at a certain point, I realized it it wasn't a problem, but for me, I felt like sugar is not not something I'm supposed to have. Um, it just doesn't work for me. So, um, anyways, I also another thing that happened with me is that I lost a lot of weight that that I didn't need to lose, basically. And um, a sponsor, po- you know, pointed at, had me look at the anorexic you know, side of the disease, and, um, you know, that took a lot of willingness. That was really when I started praying, and um, um, you know, asking God for help, um, because I was so, I I didn't really know anything except binging, or like being really rigid, and I was afraid, like, if I sort of let go at all, that I would just binge. I didn't know how to be in between that. Um, and so I really had to ask God for help and, um, you know, just say, okay, God, if I'm supposed to, um, if you want me to, you know, weigh more or whatever, I'm willing to do it, you know. Um, I just felt like I wanted to be more connected to other people. And... I did see a nutritionist at the time who helped me, um, and um, so that's when my abstinence, you know, changed a little bit. And I also started working on the steps and um, taking a service position, which helped me because um, it got me talking to, you know, I was a treasurer, so I had to talk to the secretary, and I got more, I felt a lot more involved in the meeting, and I started raising my hand, um, and, um, I had a family tragedy around, you know, around that time, early in my absence, my brother commits suicide, and, and that also was part of, like, me, me being willing to look at, you know, my weight, and, um, anyway, um, you know, getting more, getting the support from the meetings. Um, and, you know, my family, um, 
I'm not sure how much they understand the program. I think they've gone through different phases. At one point, it was really sweet. I was visiting my parents. They live back east, and um, I wanted to go to a meeting, and they, like, helped me look online where to go and everything. It was really sweet, I thought. And um, I think more recently, my mother has been... um, concerned she she feels that I look thin so she finds it confusing that I go to Overeaters Anonymous and she doesn't really understand it right now but um, you know I've always heard it doesn't really matter what other you know if other people get it as long as like I have to get it it doesn't really matter um, what other people people around me if, if they get it or not um Anyway, so, yeah, I worked the steps with my sponsor. Well, I actually had a lot of different sponsors during the time I worked the steps, but I just, you know, I would just pick up where I had dropped off at the last one, basically, and just different things happened. People moved or got busy or whatever. Um, And, you know, I always feel like I've had the right person during that period of my life. And um, it took me a few years to do the steps the first time. I was working at the OA 12 and 12 book, and I would like write, read a paragraph and write a page on each paragraph for the first three steps. And then my fourth step took me about a year, and I kind of had to just make a deadline for myself. Um, and I had to do my fifth step in three different sessions. Um, and, um, you know... I still, you know, the thing that they say that you're only as sick as your secrets is, you know, I still feel a lot of freedom if there's something that, you know, I can tell someone that it's been like a secret. It still, you know, can give me a lot of freedom. Um, And um, the sixth and seventh step, you know, there wasn't that much really to do for (laughs) for those. Um, in terms of actions, but um, I, I was always worried about the ninth step. Um, when I uh, first came in, there was a play at the OA birthday party about making amends, and I remember watching that play and getting really nervous about it. And um, my sponsor was really helpful. She had me, after I made my list, make it from order from easiest to hardest. Mm-hmm. So I got to start at the easiest. And I also read Run Everything by her, and some things, she was funny, she would say, next, like, <laughs> which meant, like, I didn't really do anything, <laughs> um, which was nice. Um, so, you know, I just made the, the amends as the best I could, um, and um, and then 10, you know, 10, 11, and 12, um, as far as I never do any of them perfectly. Like, I, there's been times I've done a daily 10th step, but I haven't done it for, like, years and years. I just sometimes do it. Um, and I, lately I find the um, format of A, A-E-I-O-U-Y, you know, I guess I'll say what that is, abstinent, as I abstinent, did I exercise? I, what did I do for myself? Oh, what did I do for others? You uncover feelings. Why? 
Yahoo, what did I do well, and then three things I'm grateful for. And I've been doing that in my head a lot because I, I'm, sometimes I'm with my son trying to get him to fall asleep, and um, I just kind of run through it in my mind. And, um, you know, some, sometimes there's a category that comes up, I can't think of anything. <laughs> like, what I, I can't think of something I did for myself or that I did for others. Um, but usually, you know, at least I can always think of something I'm grateful for. Um, and the 11th step is the same kind of thing. Mostly I've, I always pray. The only time I really don't pray is if I forget. Um, and then sometimes I just, if, if I remember at some point during the day. Um, but usually I pray in the morning. And I was just, at the beginning I was just taught to pray, you know, to God to help me be absent today. And then end of the day, thank God for helping me be abstinent. And, and now I mostly do the first, say the first three steps, the serenity prayer, the third step prayer, the set, and the seventh step prayer, and, you know, a few others if I can, if I remember a few others. And um, it's definitely helpful during the day, especially the serenity prayer. And my son knows mm-hmm. to say amen, and he knows, he's, he chimes in some of the words, too. <laughs> Um, and um, the meditation is one of those every once in a while I've gone through a period of time where I've meditated every day <laughs> I don't know when the last time was but and I've you know I've done different things where I've timed it like five minutes and usually I you know some, I don't always have that meditative experience like a lot of times I'm just thinking about things the whole time or I'm just thinking about things in the very end, I kind of feel like I've meditated. But I know it's really important for me, not just for my recovery, but because I have a tendency towards anxiety, um, you know, to meditate. So, so uh, listening to tapes helps me. Sometimes I just listen to tapes or, um, I, you know, stretching helps me get out of my head too. So just whatever can remind me of that conscious contact. Um, and as far as this step 12, I got asked to sponsor people pretty early on. Like, you know, someone just came up and said, will you be my sponsor? And um, I sponsored a lot of people, and a lot of them didn't stick for a long time. Um, but I, I, get, I kept being abstinent. And... Um, you know, um, I, it, it, more recently I, I sponsored some people for a longer period of time and we had, you know, it was really nice. And um, it's like I always forget a lot of the things in the program and I need to be reminded all the time. I, you know, I still forget all the basic things like a day at a time. And, um but, but I could probably remember better if I'm telling someone else who's calling me or an outreach call. You haven't been sponsoring anyone recently, but, um, you know, just when, I, when I'm talking to some, you know, it's easier to, with someone else's things to remember someone else's problems. <laughs> and um, let's see, practicing the principles. Yeah, you know, I just... I try to apply this to my life, and I've, you know, I've 
don't do it perfectly by any means, and I've also gone through the steps two more times, basically because I had new sponsors, and they just guided me through the steps again a couple more times. I was reading something in the Lifeline they were talking about, whether you redo the steps or just review them. I don't know, but I thought it was an interesting question, but I, I guess I've redone them three times. Um, and recently I was kind of thinking maybe I need to redo them again or... Um, you know, and then sometimes I just have done them regarding different things like work or relationships. Um, and, um, you know, for the, as far as the food, for the most part, um, you know, the obsession has been lifted, um, from me and I, you know, a lot of things situations I I don't really have to worry about what the food's going to be or I did a lot maybe more earlier in my abstinence um, now you know I, I can mostly just show up and, and trust I'll be taken care of and um, and also some you know it goes both ways sometimes I need to be prepared and like if I travel I might bring some, some food along and um but I can, you know, when I was working in an office and there was a lot of food there, it, I didn't have to go through the questioning myself of should I have some, should I not have some, um, is anyone going to see me have any, is anyone going to see me going back to have four, mm-hmm. and all that stuff. It's such a relief not to have to just go through that with, you know, certain foods. I just know... I just don't have that today. And um, at the beginning, early in my absence, I think one time I even broke my absence because I, I had a hard time with people, like, pressuring me, like, oh, don't you want some dessert or whatever. I had a really hard time with that. And um, I don't know. It's gotten easier. Um, sometimes I still feel, like, a little self-conscious um, in certain situations, Um um, I don't often really explain about OA. Um, the times that I do are like, if someone specifically says something to me, like, oh, I wish I could do that. I wish I could not eat that like you or something like that. Then I would tell them. Um, but in general, you know, I don't too much, really. Um, and... um I'm not sure how much time I have left, but um, I, I'm just looking at the 12 steps and the traditions. And I have to say, I'm so grateful for the traditions. I mean, you know, the, the, I know that OA in LA is really strong, and it's just so comforting to come to a meeting and know, like, you know, there's a format and that we're kind of sticking to you know, what, what the meeting's about, and, um, I, I know I get a lot of comfort from that, and, um, I'm not sure, I'll, I think I'll just open it for questions. Okay. Um, Laura, could you talk a little about how you use the steps to sort of 
balance the both sides of the disease, the overeating and the anorexic part? Is there a way you've found to sort of use that? Okay. Um, should I want me to repeat it? No, I, I think we got that one. Yeah, but in the general. Okay. <laughs> um, let's see. Um, well, I guess whenever I've done the first step, like the last time I did the first step, I did a food history. And um, when I did that food history, you know, I could see different times in my life, you know, um, you know, things that were like anorexic in, in how I approach food or in my thinking and compulsive overeating also. So, um, the first, you know, the first step just helps remind me, you know, um, it was a little bit easier for me with the compulsive overeating because it's so obvious, um, you know, I mean, it's like I'm binging, I mean, it's obvious I'm binging, you know, and um, it's it's not so subtle. For me, the anorexic part, at least for me, is more subtle, and it's kind of like um, a little bit more of that cunning, baffling, and powerful, like a little bit more, um, sometimes harder for me to, to be aware of. Um, you know, I don't have this story that some people have. I mean, I wasn't hospitalized. Um, you know, I didn't go to that length. Um, it was It's more just um, my thinking about food, like controlling and, you know, rigidity and stuff. So as far as using the steps, I guess, um, you know, just the spiritual awakening. Like I was saying how I was afraid, like, I was either going to binge or I had to, like, be really controlling. So for me, that it's like if I can trust God or higher power that, you know, maybe I'd be okay. Um, maybe if I eat, you know, when I was first, you know, need, I needed to gain weight. I was, you know, I was on nutritionist and she suggested, I, I used to buy the snacks for my this company I worked at. Now, I never had any, but I bought them. So she said, you know, can you, why don't you have one <laughs> or whatever? And I was like, okay. I was really afraid. Um, but, yeah, it was just sort of like trusting that that was going to be okay. And, um, you know, I had sort of weird things like I, like, only let myself drink water. and You know, so I could have juice, you know, that it was all right, and, but at the same time, I know, you know, for me, I don't really have soda, I don't think that works for me, so it's kind of like finding that balance and moderation, and, um, you know, it's still, I'm still working on it, and it also applies to, like, other areas of life, of my life, um, so I don't know if that answers it, but. Thank you for your share. I have a two-part question. First, um, do you have any other family members that have eating disorders? And the second, can you talk about how your head and your body image were during your pregnancy? Oh, sure. Um, my, I have a cousin that was anorexic. Um, I think that's all, though, you know, that I'm aware of. Um, and... My, oh, during my pregnancy, um, you know, I 
I enjoyed my pregnancy a lot. I really did. Um, my head and my body image. There was one time where I guess there's a certain amount of weight, like I say in the in the books, you're gonna I can't even remember, like a pound a week at a certain point or whatever it is. And I had that in my mind and I remember going to this one doctor's appointment and I don't remember where I was, but she had said she said like I gained like twenty five pounds. And it kind of, it kind of freaked me out, but it only lasted for like less than a day, and then, you know, I, you know, I talked to someone about it or whatever. So there's maybe a couple times in there that I, you know, felt a little bit weird. But um, like I said, it was really brief, and um, you know. Um, I knew it was, you know, not about me, about the baby, and um, I, I was sharing with a, a, a mom in the program who called me today about, she's asking about that too, and, you know, it was nice having, like, um, you know, for me, I guess just being more relaxed about, I don't know what word to use, but, I mean, I definitely couldn't be, like, rigid and stuff about what I was eating at. I could be a little more relaxed about my food plan, I guess. Um, and, um, like, there's this one time for morning sickness, I had heard, I was really suffering from it, and I'd heard that ginger would help. And I, like, I just haven't really had sodas in my absence for, you know, and, and I just, I didn't know what to do, so I called my sponsor, and I was like, you know, I might just need to have a ginger ale, she's like, that's fine, and I talked to her about it beforehand, and then I realized, oh, I can, I can just have some ginger herbal tea, and it was like, I could have had the ginger ale, it was fine, but I found something else that worked, and there was a couple of, um, uh, I don't know if I'd say, cra- I didn't have cravings too much, I had a couple of strong ideas. <laughs> <laughs> about, like, things I wanted to eat. And um, they were doing a lot, but one of them was, like, cheese popcorn. <laughs> and I was, like, willing, I, I wasn't willing to buy a big bag of it because I can't handle a big bag of something. I'm just going to keep putting my hand in and stuff. And I just couldn't find a little one-serving bag of it anywhere. <laughs> and I kept, like, looking around for one-serving bag, and then someone bought one of those big, you know, around the holidays they got one of these big things at the office. I was like, oh, okay. I took like a handful in a bowl. I went to my desk and I ate it and then I was kind of like over that. And the same thing happened with um, like a cheese bagel. <laughs> but I was over it and I don't know, it wasn't too bad. It's the cravings. But it, that was a little bit scary for me because it sort of reminded me of binging and I wasn't quite sure what to do with that. But um yeah. Um, sure. <laughs> um, my higher power. Well, I guess I've gone through different phases. Like, I went through this time. I can't remember what it was about, but. I was really, really beating myself up, and I just felt like um, I wanted to fire my higher power because I felt like my higher power was 
judging me and maybe more judgmental of myself. It wasn't that long ago either. Um, it was like, I don't know, a year ago or something. And I just, I mean, I'd heard people say that, and I just had this idea, I want to fire my higher power. And um, it was really freeing, and, and I like, you know, it felt good um, just to say, you know, I'm just going to start anew. Um, and I don't really know how I define my, I mean, I think of my higher power as God, and um, I guess it's hard, you know, I, I try not to get into that judgmental God. I think I, it's hard, I tend to go there, but um, more just loving, um, all, you know, all-knowing, and just, you know, very comforting, like, um, Especially because I'm such a worrier and decisions are, I get so caught up in trying to make decisions and stuff that's like, um, God knows what to do or something in me like knows, you know, the right thing to do. Um, So I don't know if that's like a real definition, but that's sort of my thoughts on it. I just wanted to take a moment, for those of you who are uh, listening to my voice, uh, you may not know it, but you're actually part of the largest OA meeting in the world right now. Um, There's, what, 30 or 40 of us sitting here in Brentwood, California, but uh, last week over 300 people listened to this meeting online, so we're looking at 330, 340 people at each meeting, and this is all thanks, I think, in a a lot of ways to Roy L., who started this meeting on... September 1st, 2001, right before 9-11, and started taping right from the first one because that's what he knew from AA. And um, as a result, now, you know, our virtual speaker bureau has been up for over a year and a half, and we've had over 170,000 listens uh, from this meeting and some of the other meetings in the intergroup uh, from 106 different countries. So uh, those of you who come to light a candle in person, or if you're listening, uh, keep coming back. (laughs) 